Welcome to this week's episode of Soccer Neophytes Podcast. This week, we are going to talk about minding the Manchester gap. It was an American weekend in the Premier League. There's divergence in the Hughes household. We're going to talk Liverpool's dominance. We're going to talk a little hot or not. Tim, it's just you and I today, bud. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. Hey, speaking of hot or not, was that a thing <laughs> when you were in college at all? Oh, Do yeah. Hot or not? I absolutely remember that. Yep. You'd upload a picture and it would give you a rating. <laughs> yeah. Or would was it, did people vote or did, did a computer tell people, you? It was people voting. I think you yeah. could get on to hot or not. And then you said, I think just yes or like hot or not for a picture and then you got like a rating based on how people rated how often you were hotted yeah i think i was like around a solid seven which seems about par for the course for me i'm sure i was like an eight or a nine but yeah i know that seven's 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 good for you i was fine i landed (laughs) a 10 and that's all that matters (laughs) (laughs) that does matter more it does well, uh, we will get to Liverpool, but before we do, uh, Chris isn't here. Chris hasn't been here for two weeks. And I think if your team's going to suck, you should man up. I'm here. My team's lost three in a row and I am not shying away from showing my face and my and Kyle was here last week. Kyle is up. here. Chris though, man, he, uh, he's cowering in a corner after, after some pretty poor, united performances recently um manchester city pretty much dominated i think the first half yeah seemed to be a little closer but but that second half i think what they say there was some point in the match like a 10 minute portion of the match where city had like 95 percent possession or something oh man that's brutal just brutal um you know, yeah, I saw the attack, the attack chart, you know, uh-huh. where it shows like the right or the left. And it was, I mean, Sancho had that goal early to equalize. Yeah. And there were just a couple of, of um, jolts on their side early on. And then the whole rest of the way, I don't know that I've seen a more dominant um, chart or game. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, it's not a surprise, I think from like recent form that city yeah. would, would dominate. United just seems like a team without a soul. <laughs> like, and I don't mean yeah. that like judgmentally. I just mean uh, they seem to not have vision. They seem to be a lot of great pieces that don't play well together, which is so weird because la- at the end of last season, they played so well and they seem to really yeah. function as a team. And maybe it is Ronaldo. I mean, you know, there's been all that speculation about him joining and, creating some i don't know just yeah messing with the cohesion of the team but but man they just they're a massive a team yeah i mean they really just they don't seem to know who they are who they want to be they don't have an identity or kind of a plan that they're working on together it really feels like i mean it'll be interesting to see what happens with the man 
the manager position there, right? I think yeah. is Ralph just there through the end of the season and then in that like advisory role? Yeah. Which is such a strange thing, such, such a strange arrangement to keep him if they're effectively saying, no, you're not the manager, but we'll let you decide the future of the club. It's such an odd thing to me, but to me, the best thing for them would be, I mean, bring somebody in who can rebuild, right. And say like, this is going to be our philosophy. This is going to be our identity. Yeah. These superstars don't help us get there. And we're going to sell them for tons of money. Maybe we'll sit on money for a while, but like we're going to rebuild with a plan and just if they spend a lot of money this summer, to me, that's like the worst thing they could do. Yeah. It's, it feels like they, like they almost need to pull an arsenal, right? Where Arsenal was a bit of a lot, has been a bit of a laughing stock the last couple of years and Arsenal actually has spent a lot of money. So I don't want to, I don't want to pretend like they haven't splashed cash, but but, but it's looking given, like Arteta has a plan. Right? Well, and they've given Arteta time. Exactly. Like that's the thing, right? I think there was rumors of him being ousted last year, and but they've given him time to develop it, and and now it's now it really is a team, and it's a team they got rid of some of the dead weight, you know, with a bombing yep. thing going, and um, it and they're they're firing on all cylinders. So I don't know. Yeah, if, they're looking great. United needs something like that to go forward. You know, they're still sitting in fifth, which um, is decent position. Definitely not where they want to be. They're only a point out of fourth, but the problem is Arsenal has three games in hand. Yeah. And Chelsea has two and Liverpool has one on them. So yeah. It, and I think Tottenham is playing way better than them right now. And right? Tottenham, so like, yeah. it feels like United are a sixth place team. And something drastic will have to change for them to finish higher than that. That's right. Yeah. That's how it feels right now. It really, it really does. So, yeah, it's um, they got to be worried. Um, City, on the other hand, looking looking really solid the last couple weeks. Uh, I mean, after this week, after two weeks that were a little sketchy, they had the yeah, loss, exactly lost to Spurs, and then really they should have drawn with Everton if it wasn't for the, the VAR decision there, but city looking like they're back on track and um, just dismantling United. And they looked, they looked, uh, I didn't get to watch the game, but watching the extended highlights, they looked loose and like they were having fun, which to me as a Liverpool fan is the scariest thing. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. after the last couple of weeks, I'm like, all right, Pep is laying into them. It's going to jar them. They don't know what they're doing anymore. They're doubting themselves. This performance in a Manchester Derby of all things, like totally, we know that Derby's. I mean, it's been a few years since the, since the uh, Merseyside Derby has been like a true battle of yeah. teams that could be considered semi, like semi equal, but I know in those games, anything can happen, right? Like everybody shows up to play, but this one, it just did not seem like United showed up. No, again, it's like city just just seemed so relaxed, so confident. They were having so much fun. It didn't have that. Like, again, this is from extended, extended highlights. It wasn't the full game, but like everything I saw, it just looked like they were just out to put away a team, you know, it didn't feel like the charged Derby atmosphere. Yeah, I mean, 
Shots. City had 24 shots to United's five. Ugh. They had almost twice as many passes. No, they had well more than tw- twice as many passes, almost twice as many touches. I mean, oh my gosh. 10 shots on target to United's two. I mean, just, yeah, just a demolishing. Yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, City looking good. But, but Liverpool also playing great football right now. That April fixture between those two teams can't come soon enough. I mean, yeah, City's still City's six points up with the game in hand. But essentially, I mean, I don't know. It, for all intents and purposes, it feels like they're, they could be tied, right? Like Liverpool yeah. has to beat them. But again, it's like if you're going to win the title, you have to, you basically have to win that game. So. I mean, it just the margin for error up there is so small, right? Yeah. So, like we were saying, I think last week that uh, in all competitions, Liverpool has won one forty-eight of their last fifty. Yeah. Which is just insane. Yeah. And and I mean that obviously that includes cups and it includes Champions League. Um, that's not all in the league, but. Uh, but you're playing at that level. This is Liverpool at their best that I've ever seen them. And yeah. they're and they're neck and neck, but just behind City. So it's just, I mean, the margin for error is so small. And yeah, it'll be really fun to watch that game. Yeah, for sure. Liverpool looked good this weekend. How'd you feel about the match? Yeah, I mean, it was nerve-wracking. West Ham is a talented, you know, they're a talented team. And um Antonio had some chances. A few of them had some really good chances. So it was, um, it didn't feel like a, a done deal, uh, even after Mane scored that goal early in the first half, or I guess halfway through the first half. Um, yeah, West Ham had some chances, but they either Liverpool's defense shut them down or, or uh, West Ham attackers just made mistakes where they had, they had a goal in front of them and would sky the ball or, dink it wide and again like you can't make those mistakes right and hope to win when when your opponent is playing really well so um grateful for the three points it didn't feel like a i felt like a draw could have been a fair result i thought um but glad that glad to get the three points yeah for sure i mean again the margin error right now is so slim and if there's any hopes of liverpool winning the title they really can't they really can't slip up um, yeah, and at, at home against a team that's in, you know, battling for maybe fifth or sixth, um, that's a tough game. But it's a game that if you're if you're going for the title, you have to win. You can't right. lose games like that. So it feels like City did what they needed to do to give to make a title race happen. Like their yeah. slip up is a curve. Yep. Right. Yep. And so yep. it's like likely not to be any other slip ups. So. And if there are, you've got to pounce on them, right? On both sides. Yeah. Yep. So yep. really thin margin of error from here on out, which hopefully will lead to a fun ending to the season. For sure. Uh, there was also some big uh, American news this weekend. We'll jump into America and watch. Uh, Jesse Marsh gets his uh, start for Leeds as the new manager and 
for all intents and purposes, it seems like he actually had them playing well. It was, it was fun to hear a post-match interview with an American, with an American accent. It's kind of jarring almost like, <laughs> uh, felt feels out of place, but, but that was fun and just kind of cool to see him. Uh, obviously they've been shipping goals of late. Um, and so for them to, to only lose one nil felt like a good win. I mean, they'd given up, uh, 17 goals in their four matches before that Hmm, 17 goals in their four matches before that and three to Everton, three to Everton. So it does feel like a one nil, uh, loss was probably a victory for him. He seemed like optimistic and it was good. It was, I really enjoyed seeing him huddle the team up after the match. I don't know if you saw any of that footage, but he huddled the team up and, and gave him a good old American pep talk and we'll see. I mean, there's, there's some love here on this podcast for leads. And of course we'd love to see an American uh, manager have success. So, um, they've got Aston Hill. They've got Aston Villa this weekend at home. They were on the road to Leicester. So, um, and Aston Villa has been, been hit or miss, uh, this season. So maybe they can, they can pull off a little victory there. Well, and as you said, I mean, for them to lose by just one goal and to play well, that's like, it's a step in the right direction. I think of the Chinese proverb that a, uh, journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step Mm, this is the beginning of that this is the beginning of that journey Mm, it is kyle if you're listening be encouraged be encouraged and i think too it wasn't like they just set up shop and like took the pressure on which i don't think that would have worked well for them they had they had a number of chances they had they took a ton of shots the possession was pretty equal so um yeah i mean and again Leeds has been beset be beset is that right tim beset by injuries that i don't know i don't know what the past tense is have beset it or beset beset besetted with injuries yeah and so um i don't know when some of those guys are are set to come back but hopefully they can get enough points over these last few months to to stay afloat stay up i really hope they stay up yeah well, in our house, it's a tale of two teams. Mm. Arsenal uh, is so hot right now. Arsenal's so hot right now. Wolves, so not hot right now. But Arsenal, um, they won a game 3-2 against Watford this weekend. Um, it, it was definitely more Arsenal than Watford, even though the, the score was 3-2, was to two, but... Arsenal just looks great. Arteta has them playing well. Um, they're and they're really fun. I, something yeah. un, some something unlocked in that team um, after starting so poorly. And whatever it is, they're just they're a really enjoyable team to watch. They look like they're having fun. I think uh, Odegaard scored the first goal, and it just I don't know. There's something about his joy, the joy on his face, yeah. like Saka. Lacazette, they just have a team that seems to be clicking on all cylinders. I can imagine a squad like that that's so young. I think we yeah. looked earlier in the season that they are were maybe the, if not or like one of the very youngest average um, 
squads in the league. Yeah. And so you can see coming into it, obviously the feeling that the future is bright, but then they start out right rock bottom. I mean, they were the very yeah. bottom of the table at one point after losing three. Um, you could just see a squad of young, talented players second guessing themselves for maybe the first time in their lives or something, right? All at the same time. Yeah. And and just because it just seemed like they were languishing and just nothing was working. But there's we all knew that they were talented. And now yeah. that it's clicking, it's just it'll is I think this will be a squad that's fun to watch and that as a Liverpool fan, I'll hate watching as well, because it just feels like they're ascendant. Yeah, it really, it really does. For a I, while. Yeah, yeah, especially, yeah, with a squad as young as they have. And they just seem to have made the right, some of the right decisions with letting the right people go, bringing the right people in. And and they've given Arteta enough time, which I know we've talked about that a lot, where Premier League clubs don't give managers probably yeah. the time they deserve. But um, I'm glad they've done it. Yep. Wolves, on the other hand, uh, have been really poor, really poor. Three matches in a row. Well, really not even three matches in a row. They were they were beating Arsenal 1-0 mm. <laughs> through most of that match and looked really good. So really it just feels like the last, I don't know, 190 minutes, maybe. <laughs> 200, the last 200 minutes have been abysmal, like really yeah. bad. Shock loss to Arsenal. Then West Ham, they were just outplayed. And then now this weekend against Crystal Palace, just completely undone. They looked out of sorts. I had tweeted earlier in the morning. I'm like, finally, no, a weekend without uh, flag football where I get to sit and watch an entire match. And uh, I wish I hadn't. It was it was that bad. It was that hard to watch. And uh Nelson Semedo, you know, there's some players that sometimes like when you lose them, it, it reveals like glaring holes. And uh, we lost Nelson Semedo a couple matches ago. He'll be out for, I think, four to six weeks, maybe longer. You never know. It's a hamstring. And uh, it's just it seems to have thrown even our, you know, he's a he's a pressing kind of attacking right wing back. Um, and, and solid defensively, but him being gone has just made our defense look bad. Max Kilman's been rock solid all season. And with Semedo gone, he looks like a shell of himself. So I don't know. That's another thing. Like, I don't want to make, you know, totally make excuses for players, but Max Kilman's mother is Ukrainian. Mm. So that was another factor. I've kind of been wondering in the back of my mind, like, we don't know, you know, what's going on in the psyche of these players and yeah. how certain things are affecting them. If he's still got a lot of family um, in Kiev or whatnot, but uh, you do wonder those things, but he hasn't looked good. The defenses yeah. look shaky and we've just had no offense all season. So we have no one who can, who can generate shots on goal and, make things happen. And so without that and without our rock solid defense, we're going to be right. fully exposed. So this will be a big week, right? Cause crystal palace is a solid, is a solid club, solid mid table club. That's had like pieces of, of success uh, this season. Um, and they're in 10th. So, so losing to them isn't, I mean, I guess as bad as it could be, even though I think we should beat them. We've yeah. got Watford 
uh, on Thursday and then Everton on Sunday. So that to me will show six like, points. We got it. Well, we have to get, we have to get, if we don't get four, yeah. at least four, if we don't at, least get four. at least four, but six really realistically against those two clubs, I think. If you have European aspirations, you got to get six for sure. Right? I mean, I yeah. think in some ways European aspirations feels like obviously losing three in a row that feels yeah. Yeah, yeah, not yeah. out of reach, but we're not doing any favors. So yeah, four, four points, minimum six, if we really are hoping to get five, fifth or sixth place, you know? So what you said about, uh, it was tomato. You said who's been out the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it, it is. I think it's even telling for us as, as relative neophytes, you know, that you, it's easy to, it's easy to look at a Mosala or a Raul whose value is largely, um, largely, largely, but not exclusively measured in goals. Yeah. Like the players with the big stats, it's easy to look at them and say, wow, there's a lot of value there. But, you know, even looking at like Jorginho from, from Chelsea, who was like player of the year last year, and you look at his stats and there's nothing impressive about his stats. Totally. So it's, it's stuff that doesn't get counted in the big categories. But I think like, um, to come back to Liverpool for a second, I think of when Van Dyke went down with that injury. Yeah. Um, and then Liverpool held on for a month or two. And then that catastrophic run of form where we were playing relegation quality football. Um, and, but just recently I saw a stat that this, I think just over the weekend, um, Virgil Van Dyke has never lost a game at Anfield or at least maybe premier league game, but it's 60 wins now at Anfield without that's a loss. Just... So you look at that and it's like, again, that's not the only reason why Liverpool went on a terrible run and dropped first dropped out of champions league spots before climbing back to third last season. But, but you can tell, right. When a team, when a team loses a key player and their overall performance plummets, yeah. It tells you a lot about the value of that player. Totally. In a way that like statistics never will, or at least like neophyte level statistics That's never right. will. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, I think like, and maybe it's a fluke with, with Samato, right? Maybe you guys will turn it around and play well without him. But, um, but there's also good reason to think that like, no, he's just that important to you guys. And um, so wolves were, wolves were averaging 0.75 goals against in their first 24, first 24 matches, 0.75 goals against. Man. They've allowed five goals. Semedo got injured in like the 60th minute of the Arsenal match. Arsenal yeah. scored two goals. West Ham scored one. And then Man. Crystal Palace scored two. So they've allowed five goals in the last two plus matches. And if he's, and if he's kind of an attacking, you said right wing, yeah, right wing back. Like if he's kind of an attacking right wing back too, he's all, you're also losing his value on the attack. Right. So it's a double whammy for sure. So we'll see what happens again. We gotta, we gotta pick up points over these next couple of weeks, but well, uh, there's some other teams that are hot or not. And, uh, the one that I, I tweeted about also on Sunday is Newcastle, another hot yeah. team. And my comment on Sunday was, 
at last year, uh, Newcastle finished above Wolves in the table. And it was kind of this shocking, like, what? How did Newcastle do that? And I said, at this rate, Newcastle is again going to finish over Wolves in, in the table. <laughs> but Newcastle is just, they're, what did we see? Over the last five match weeks, they're the number one team in the yep. league. Yep. Yeah, it's it's crazy. So they played, we were looking back to see, because it felt like they were just like at the bottom of relegation for a long time. And it looks like we went back and looked at the table and it looked like they were just sitting in 19th for maybe a couple months, just right in 19th. Burnley, remember, was was beneath them because they had played fewer games than everybody else. Yeah. But New, but Newcastle was sitting in 19th up through week match week 23. <sighs> Having played 20 games, they had 12 points. <laughs> that is now they've played 26 games and have and and in those last six games have gotten, am I doing this right? Hold on. Am I looking at the right? Yeah. So Newcastle has 28 points. Yeah. They've gotten 16 points in six games. Yeah. My goodness. What a run. What a run. So where's their peak? Who says money can't buy? <laughs> and who says the promise of future lavish spending can't? Yeah. I mean, they did spend money they in the January transfer. They brought yeah. in Trippier, but like, yeah, but they haven't brought in the superstars that they're going to be bringing in. No, certainly not. But they did bring they did bring uh, a couple of players in. They added value, yeah. They but, added value, especially to separate them from some of the some of the other like teams that they needed to get up in front of. You know, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I mean, you look at like Brighton started out really strong, have not played well. Leicester have now put a couple of wins together recently. Yeah. But and Villa kind of have, have been fits and starts doing good stuff under Stevie. Yeah. Palace, like it'll be tough, I guess, to get to the top half of the table for Newcastle, but they've got 12 games left. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so many teams ahead of them. They do have a couple games in hand. Uh, they have one, two games in hand on a couple teams. So, yeah, I mean, can they get the top half a table? I, I mean, ten I technically is to, is top half, right? So that's right. Yep. So Palace Palace is sitting right there right now. Twenty eight games, thirty three points. I mean, if Newcastle wins their next two games, they're ahead of on like level on games. They'd be ahead of Palace. That's right. I mean, they've got to slow down at some point, but as, as, as Chris always says, you know, schedule matters. And if you look, does it though? It does. <laughs> Not if you're Newcastle, they're just, they've be... still got Chelsea to play. They've got Chelsea. Yeah. They have Liverpool. Southampton's ahead and of them in the table. They, they have, they still have to play all the top four right now. So they still have city. They got Liverpool city and Arsenal in back-to-back weeks. <laughs> Yeah, that's brutal. That's brutal. But still, I mean, what a what a run they're on. I mean, they're they're pretty much safe in the table. Yeah, yeah. Um, which we didn't think that was going to be the case. No. No, two months ago. No, I mean, even after the takeover, even after January spending, it was still like a very real possibility that they would get relegated. 
yeah. have to claw their way back up with financial limitations. Yeah. Um, so it looks like they've avoided that. But the teams that really, I mean, talk about tight sphincter syndrome, I think. <laughs> Put an explicit label on this episode, guys. Uh, is sphincter explicit? <laughs> I mean, it's graphic. It's, suge- it's suggestive. It's very suggestive. But leads. Leads, who we talked about a little bit earlier. Hopefully, uh, Marsh can turn that around. But Everton, man, mm. I know we were texting about this during the match. I had the game on at work, and it was as bad as it looked. That team, that team is really bad right now. Yeah. That team's really bad. I mean, yeah. yeah, they have some games in hand, but you have to think at some time, psycho, at some point psychologically, I don't know if they'll be able to pull it out, right? Like, yeah, what's it going to take for them? They don't have a, they have a tough schedule, I think, um, ahead of them. They've got, they've got Wolves next, um, which I hope is tough for them. Right. But Newcastle, Newcastle. sure loss for Everton. Sure, sure loss for Everton there. Um, Newcastle, yeah, Newcastle after that. West Ham after that. Man United. Yep. I mean, that's a tough. That's Palace a tough, will give them trouble. Liverpool, yep. the, the Merseyside Derby. Yeah, that's Chelsea, left Leicester, Brentford, and then finish the year against Arsenal. That's I mean, a rough. That's a rough that's, run. I honestly, I honestly think I honestly right now, if, if you had to ask me, I think they're going down. So let's look at the team right behind them. Which, Burnley. like, if any of these teams, like Watford and Norwich, I think are are done. Yeah, probably. So Burnley's got to catch them. Or Burnley Le- and Burnley has an extra an extra game in hand more than those other clubs. I mean, Everton still has more games in hand, but yeah, Burnley's got have only played twenty six matches compared to some clubs who played twenty eight. So who who's Burnley have? Villa, got, Everton, and Southampton are all to be confirmed matches. So they've got Brentford, City, Norwich, West Ham. Wolves, Watford, Villa, Tottenham, Newcastle. That's a much better schedule. Much better schedule. Much better schedule for them. Yep. Now, yeah. The, Bur- the point, Burnley Everton match. Had. There are points to be had there. The Burnley Everton match is going to be, it probably is going to decide it when they play each other. I mean, it's yeah. brutal. Man. Uh, I did want to uh, mention a couple bonus, a, bo- a couple bonus items from the week that don't really <laughs> pertain to anything. But uh, Ivan Tony's PKs, yes, are they the coolest PKs ever taken? So cool! My goodness, he doesn't even take a running start. He's barely standing behind, like a half, maybe a step and a half behind the ball. Yeah. The power he generates, the <laughs> calmness of it all, it's like... And the cockiness, all of that oh, combined. All, oh. of all of it. I love it. I love it. Ivan Tony. That would not be me doing PKs. 
No. Me I wonder either. if there's a, I wonder if there's a bit of a science there. Like it feels like if you take a bigger run up, there's more likelihood for your body to kind of get out of position and like maybe sky the ball, but a short run up keeps you compact. And if you know, you can generate all the force you need to through your legs and hip like movement, like maybe well, he's what, got something there. And what it would do to the keeper's psychology to have, to have you standing right there. Cause like, the keeper's starting to make movements as the guy gets close to the ball, right? So, like, yep. is he, like, right up close seeing the keeper flinching? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But I just – I was watching those PKs, like, with envy. Man, They're beautiful. They were great. The other thing I wanted to shout out was, did you see Billy Gilmore, the Billy Gilmore-Christian Erickson tackle situation? I didn't, know. <laughs> so – in the Norwich Brentford game, uh, I don't even remember what happened, but it was kind of a hard tackle by Erickson. Maybe they kind of fall, they basically fall on top of each other and Gilmore is furious and you can see him like start to grab. He's on top of Erickson and you can see him start to grab his shoulders and like get in his face. And then he realized it's Christian Erickson and like, smiles and like hugs him <laughs> fragile handle with care handle with care but i just thought it was so sweet like yeah oh it's you christian oh, it's hi you. I'm, I'm so happy you're out here we're also <laughs> thankful you're still alive let me hug you uh, i gotta look that up that sounds oh awesome. yeah it was it was really like a cool it was a cool like moment right like it's what you would hope you'd see yeah but we do have a term of the week this week, Tim. Oh, good. Are you ready? Ready as I'll ever be. The term of the week is Billy Big Bullocks. Billy okay. Big Bullocks. Teach us. Teach me. So this wasn't shown on, on NBC, I don't think. It was in the Wolves, like... Uh, Wolves post-game conference and I won't go into all the details but but Bruno Lodge was just like going after one of our young players actually one that you may remember because he came from Liverpool Hoover. you sell you sold us a lemon but <laughs> Sorry. I, don't think, I don't think we can return him um, and get our money back but uh He's still young, so maybe some maybe this will even flip his switch. But but Lodge, I don't know. And there's been a lot of debate among Wolves fans of whether this was inappropriate or not, but calls him out in the press conference. And then later on, like that was the clip that kind of went viral. But uh the full context, he really like was calling out the Wolves young players that apparently there's kind of been a culture among some of these young guys that once they've made it to the like first team like lineup that they should be getting more playing time. And it sounds like maybe there's been some complaining in the locker room and some, some hemming and hawing by the young guys. So he was calling all of them out. So, so our on the, our on the ground field reporter, Stu mm. and I were like chatting back and forth and uh, we were talking specifically about this, this video and, and Stu wrote kids thinking they're all Billy big bollocks after a first team appearance will not fly. With 
And I think okay, that, we definitely need the explicit label on this episode now. That's right. So I think I think it's kind of akin to. Have you ever heard the term Tony Tough Nuts? I don't think I have. So I I've heard it like I say it sometimes, like someone who just thinks they're hot stuff and like deserve, and they're kind of tough guy. And so I think Billy Big Bullocks is like. Hey, I'm here. I've made it. I'm the man. Like, give me what I'm owed. Right? Uh-huh. So. Yeah, yeah. So. All right. So are yeah. you going to add that to your vocabulary? Like work, Probably. workplace, kind of just throw that around in a meeting if somebody. There's definitely like, some guys. Something who out around. of line. There's definitely some guys who walk around our office like Billy Big, Billy Big Bullocks. There's no <laughs> doubt. All right. Let's hear you call them out. I probably won't. Um, man, I totally forgot that in our American watch, when we were talking about Jesse Marsh, we didn't talk about Christian Pulisic's weekend. Oh yeah. Great. We had a, for him. he had a goal and an assist. It's always good to see him doing well. That, that match was interesting too, with, uh, I think it was nil nil at halftime. And then whatever Tuchel did in the, in the dressing room, they came out and got those four goals and Chelsea, Chelsea's been interesting lately, but, but they are playing well and they seem to have it feels like thirds pretty well locked in for them yeah feels that way well let's talk about goal of the week um there was there was a handful that i thought were i thought were were good um speaking of chelsea reese james had a great one that it wasn't so much the goal itself but but his dribbling, his kind of run up, he dances back and forth a couple times, shakes the defenders, and then fires a shot into the far corner um, from kind of a tight angle too, um, which I thought was was a really pretty goal. Um, Jaden Sancho's goal I thought was really nice. Marez's goal off the off the corner. Do you see that one? I think is that the one that there was a question the of offside? No, no, it was off a corner. Oh, and okay. They kicked it to kind of the far deep, not even the far deep post. It kind of went to the uh almost out by the eight, edge of the 18-yard box oh, got on it. the far side. And Mares catches it on this like little volley off the ground. I mean, it just the timing of it was beautiful. Yeah. I think it deflected off of. Maybe oh, you know, I did see that. Yeah. Like just yeah. glances off and goes in, but um, really, a, really a great, a beautiful goal. It was the one that Roy Keane was going off on. Did you right. see the Roy Keane video? Uh, no, I, I caught wind of it, but I didn't see it. Yeah. Roy Keane with just an epic rant for about three or four minutes about how bad United is and yeah. <laughs> how they need to defend. And it's pretty funny. I still think that Cucho Hernandez goal was the goal of the week for me. I mean, I'm partial to bicycle kicks as we've established, but I just love those things. Yeah, no, there's so much talent. I think that one, especially because doesn't he like kind of hook it or it kind of like hooks around. Yeah. And goes in. Yeah. It was, it was a thing of beauty. It was a thing of beauty. Well, let's look at lock it in review. We we went three for three this week, which is rather good. Uh, 
Chris had City over United, which he knows his team. He got that right. I got back on the winning side of things with Liverpool over West Ham by the hair of my chinny chin chin. And you took Tottenham over Everton, which moves you to 20 and seven. My goodness. Which is uh, remarkable. Four games ahead of me. It's going to be, it's going to be tough. It's crazy. You're going to have to have a Hughes like debacle to (laughs) allow me back in this, but yeah, 20 and seven. Um, I'm sure there'll be some weeks here where I'm left with really terrible choices and have to pick some, pick some awful some awful matchups probably i'm more of you're you're like arsenal i'm like everton Mm. right now so for this upcoming week chris is staying on the city bus as he is likely to do and he takes city over crystal palace i am sticking with liverpool i'm taking them over brighton and tim who are you taking i'm taking arsenal over leicester city football club (laughs) Leicester for short Leicester yeah as they as they call them well we have four makeup matches on Thursday Uh, Chelsea Norwich Newcastle Southampton Wolves Watford and Leeds Aston Villa but then heading into the weekend a couple interesting matchups Manchester United versus Spurs uh, should be an interesting one um, I think Arsenal Leicester, but I'm mm. more interested in the teams at the bottom. Mm. I think the Brentford Burnley game is going to be really critical. Uh, you know, you have a team, you have, uh, Burnley who is sitting in that, that 18th spot and, Brentford who just has not been playing very well either. And so, um, yeah, that's going to be a really important matchup and then Leeds Norwich as well. I think that that leads, as we said earlier, they have been playing quite poorly, um, played a much better match this weekend facing the bottom dwellers Norwich. And I think this, this feels like a must win for Leeds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they need those points. I think Chelsea Newcastle will also be like a really entertaining game. Yeah, not there. There aren't really any implications to speak of, as you said. Like, it seems like Chelsea's got third. Seems like Newcastle's safe. So, not in terms of implications, just in terms of like a fun game to watch. Yeah, and form. Like, is and form. New- yeah. Yeah, like how and and how much of a yeah how much of a challenge can Newcastle pose to Chelsea? Right. That's I right. think that'll be that'll be interesting. Yeah, um, that's a good that's a good one to call out. And then West Ham Villa should be an interesting one too. Um, I, I mean, I think West Ham has the edge, but but Villa's shown flashes of brilliance. Yeah, Villa's an interesting so. team. I think Villa. I mean, uh, a lot depends on what they do this off season. Yeah, but I could see Villa being similar to like an Arsenal this year where they've got a lot of talent yep. they added some players they've been super inconsistent this year they haven't been able to put it together but um but it, but if they can get their get it 
to work, I think they could be a good, uh, dangerous team. Well, and I mean, not to, not to be biased or anything, but when you've got Coutinho and Ings, both former Liverpool legends being managed by a, a legitimate Liverpool legend, <laughs> it at least makes me want to watch Villa games a lot more than I did for the first half of the season. Yeah, for sure. And they've won two in a row. That that victory over Southampton, that really surprised me this weekend. Yeah. We won 4-0 and... I just Southampton had been playing so great and yeah. Villa had been uh, so hit or miss that I did not see that one coming. Yeah. But that's all I got for this week, Tim. We've also got some champions league. Thank you. But there is champions I mean, league this week. Does Liverpool play? Liverpool plays inter Ooh. two nil aggregate coming into it. So Doing okay so far. Got to hold on. You know what? I can't remember where the first leg was. I think the first leg was was, um, at San Siro. Uh This one is, yeah, this is at Anfield. So we came in taking care of business away. Real Madrid PSG is is another fascinating matchup. Oh, yeah. But we're not a Champions League pod. We are not. But we do have, we, we will celebrate the teams who are who are playing so yeah all right my man well all right i don't really have anything else to say and i don't really have a firm position on blazers being in or out so i'll just say adios all right i'll say ciao okay <laughs>